So I said, sir, I'm going to do a DUI investigation on you. We did a DUI investigation and he nailed it. I took him to CPT and he blew like a three something. Holy cow. I said, we need to go to the hospital. Who are we going to see? We don't know the same people. We're not going to see anybody. I have to get you medically cleared to go to the jail. You're listening to 56, a Pinellas County Sheriff's Office podcast. I'm Ricky Butler, once again joined by my curious but well-informed civilians, Laura Sullivan and Ashley Cooley, and we are excited to have you with us for another episode. Thanks to everybody that tuned in uh, for the last episode with uh, Jacqueline Danzig of our intelligence-led policing section. Thanks to all of our listeners for their support. If you're tuning in for the first time, press pause and head over and listen to episode zero for some important context and information uh, about what we're doing uh, with this podcast and what we hope to do with it. So we're going to get right into it. Uh, you know, sheriffs in Florida uh, have three primary areas of responsibility. Of course, the traditional law enforcement side, which is a responsibility we share with our municipal partners. They're responsible for operating the county jail, and we talked to Deputy LaCourt a couple episodes about a couple episodes ago, rather, about that, and judicial operations. And today, we are excited to continue our trend setting with the highest-ranking uh, guest we've had so far, Major Adrian Arnold with Judicial Operations. Welcome. Thank you. Uh, let me start by saying I've done a lot of things in my career, but I've never been a part of a podcast. So I guess I can check it off my bucket list yeah, of things to do. Absolutely. And we're, we're glad you could, you could do it uh, and join us here on 56. So. I like how confident you are, assuming that you're going to get through this intact. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. I'm going to try my best. Okay. <laughs> so uh, before we get into it, because I want to learn all about uh, Major Arnold, his background, and of course talk some uh, about uh, judicial operations, what they do. But first... Uh, Ashley has a question. We kind of have a, a, a icebreaker question to level the playing field. Laura and I are hearing the question for the first time, so we're going to answer it with you, but it's going to have nothing to do with anything we're going to talk mm -hmm. about today except except now. So, it's Ashley. Random. And it's, it's truly the most terrifying part of this. Yeah, Laura. You're going to be happy today. You are. Okay. Oh. You're going to be happy. Oh, boy. Is it about um, what makes you a sandwich or a taco? Happy. I don't know if you're going to like this question or Okay. Not. Well, that's so, way to set it up. Okay. I was happy. Yeah, now, I he's, was now he's getting nervous. Now nervous. Yeah. All right. Lay it on us. All right. So you have to choose one. Ugh. You have to choose one. You can't say, no, it's a pet. You have to have either a pet snake, a big pet snake, or a big pet spider. It has oh, not. so it, hard to it pick has to because be alive. I love You're them You're taking both. care of it. Which one? What would you choose? I know this is going to be tough for you. It's tough for me. But so, so yeah, I, I, but maybe I, it's going to be tough for you in a different because way. Because I yeah, want all she's of them. Weird, and she likes those things. <laughs> <laughs> could, it could be any kind of snake. Oh Jesus! Yes, it's just you have to choose one. Like, and for most people, it stirs fear. I see joy in your okay, eyes. Okay. So much joy. So, let's, so let's we just, need to move let, on. This is an easy one for me. Okay, there it's the snake. Okay, why? It's the snake because it's not a spider. Correct. That's how I Although am Although if too. you guys don't like either one, snakes can live a pretty long time. Spiders might, you know, depending on the species, might just be like. I have to keep it alive, right? Correct. Yeah. Okay. You, you have to keep it alive. You have I to feed it. For its natural life cycle. So, so if you want to just get get it over with, go with the spider. No. Also, they can I'm, be very I'm small. right there with you. No, I will snake. take, like I'm, I'm saying like a tarantula. Snakes. Oh, oh, it has to be a big spider. I missed yeah, that part. Yeah, it's not like this Snakes big. also no. move kind of methodically. Spiders are just so unpredictable. I, I love them both, but I'm going to go for a snake because they have a much higher cuddle factor. Okay. What about you? <sighs> I am scared to death of snakes. Okay. Period. Mm -hmm. And 
I'm not particularly fond of spiders, <laughs> but if I had a choice, spiders all day long. Oh, see, I'm I'm pretty freaked out by by spiders. I jumped out of a moving car over a spider one time. Did you? Were you the driver? No, okay, fortunately. Oh. Fortunately. So I I tell you a funny story about a spider, and it goes. I'm sorry about a snake, and it goes back. Mm-hmm. Um, I was out mowing the lawn, and I saw one. I thought it was like a five foot long snake, but it really wasn't. So I went to my garage and took the weed killer and started chasing after the snake. Of course, I didn't catch him, but I had this trail of dead grass <laughs> trying to follow behind the snake. So In, in, in a snake shape, in yes, homage was, to the snake. Oh, yeah. wow. and, and my wife was looking at me, like, what are you doing? <laughs> and then my neighbor came out like, what are you doing? Nothing, and I'll be done real soon. Yeah, so I, I have a fear for snakes. The snake was watching you somewhere, just really yes, enjoying that. Yes, I, I'm so, so glad I could else. legitimately laugh at that. It didn't end with a dead snake. <laughs> no, yeah, it I, didn't. I, would I was concerned. Up and walk I was away. like, no. oh no, no. oh yeah. no, you're Laura, about to unleash no. Laura. Laura yeah. is, yeah, no. this, we're about, we almost had a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I used to say the best kind of snake is a dead snake, but I don't even say that anymore because of this one. Well, I could so. catch a snake, so fortunate for me, I couldn't catch because he was, you know, going around, but I tried my best. So a week later. Here's the results. You know, you see this brown grass all over. So I learned my lesson. I love it. <laughs> now the snake knows how to get back to where it was. Yeah, right. Direct, direct right. Path back to follow, yeah, follow the path that <laughs> I made for you. I'm going to need to recover from that one. That was, that was terrible. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but a, a spider, it's the other thing too for me is, is the spider gets out, that, that's panic. I can't. But if the snake gets out, at least I, for the most part, I know where it can and can't be. Yeah. Like it's not going to bomb me from the ceiling probably. A snake isn't? No. Oh my I've had goodness. so many snakes drop down on I me. I just saw a it video. Could, but it would be less likely. Of a snake coming down from oh, a guy's van. Yeah, did you see that? Like yeah, and it, bl- and it went straight oh towards him. I was like, that's I would have been, nightmare there would have fuel. Been, there would have been a Ricky-shaped wall, <laughs> hole in the wall. Like a cartoon was like, like right yeah. through the wall. For me, I'm afraid of both of them, but I'm more afraid of big, a big spider. All righty. Well, enough with Ashley's yeah, terrifying yeah. question. You're right. I did not like that one. So. Thank Major. you, Ashley. <laughs> yeah, yeah, see, finally. <laughs> finally one for Laura. That was an icebreaker, by the way. That makes me all yeah. nervous. Now, and now it made it worse. Yeah, he was already like, what? Snake a- on one side. <laughs> she didn't oh, say that. I created the additional tension is what you're saying. Yeah. It's, in a, it's in a tank <laughs> yes. underneath our table yes. right now. D- yeah. You're going to see me start scratching. Yeah. 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 So. <laughs> Why is he twitching? Yeah, right. Or looking behind me. So. Uh, yeah. That was a major. He's got a lot going on. So right. that could cause yeah. a twitch, I've heard. So uh, November will be 30 years yes. here at the Sheriff's Office. So yes. talk to us about your background, how you ended up here. Well, like I said, 30 years, uh, and it doesn't seem like it. Um, it was funny because a friend of mine, he had a neighbor who worked for the Sheriff's Office, and this is back in 93. I never wanted to be a deputy at all. First reason, long sleeve shirts year round, and it's hot mm. in the summertime. Second reason, just I didn't know anything about being a deputy because I'm from up north and they had a different function for deputies as they have down in Florida. So as far as, so sheriffs in general. Then. Sheriffs in so general, where, where yes. are you from? Where'd you grow up? I'm from Lansing, in Michigan. Okay, Michigan, okay. So the way it works is a state trooper did a lot of the policing. Mm-hmm. Then you had the cities and the deputies actually just the courts and the jail. Mm-hmm. Some of them had patrol functions, but not a lot. Mm-hmm. So just didn't appeal to me. And, and, that is, and, and that is something that we run into quite a bit with people that come down here to visit as well, because I was actually just telling a group uh, recently, you have places uh, like New York, you know, especially places up north, where sheriffs really are not 
that powerful. Right. But then places like Florida, Texas, and California, sheriffs have a different elevator. Rule. And, and so you're, you're 100% right about that. When I was in HR, that was one of the things I used to express to the applicants, especially up north, um, because they think the state patrol and the highway patrol rather than state troopers, they're different. Mm -hmm. You know, this is strictly highway. So when you come here, first of all, you should never get bored. And I'll go back to answer. You should never get bored because there's so much to do here. I mean, you know, like the courts, patrol, IOB, you name it, there's a lot of things to do. Mm -hmm. But I just wasn't fond of being a deputy. So back in 93, it was a self-sponsored academy. I went to the academy, and my heart was set on Tampa PD because, you know, to show cops, and you see them there, and you just think that's what law enforcement is about. So went through the process with Tampa, and at that point, they had a situation where the pension for over 30 and under 30, it was, it was something they had to figure out. So they put a freeze on all the hiring. So I figured I'll go to Pinellas County and just be a reserve deputy until I get this Tampa thing back in order. Went to the counter and, hey, I want to be a reserve deputy. The guy at the counter looked at me like, okay. Went through the whole process. Like He's like, do you want to work? I said, yeah. I'll, I'll work with So you, you were already certified? I was already certified. Okay. Yes, graduated from the academy. Okay. So again, back then you had to sponsor yourself. Mm -hmm. There wasn't a lot of self-sponsor. So I went through the process pretty quick. And, and I need to back up because back then we had to do the Cooper assessment. And a mile and a half was part of the, the run. So I said, how fast do I do a mile and a half? He said, how bad do you want the job? Mm -hmm. I said, oh, that fast. Mm -hmm. So I went through the whole process pretty quick. Well, ironic is Tampa went through and they fixed their pension. So this was before cell phones, before whatever it is, landline. And I took my daughter because I got the call from Tampa. Hey, they fixed everything. Come pick up your equipment. So pack her in the car, getting ready to go to Tampa. Left my wallet in the house. So, so let me go back and get the wallet. As I'm back there, my phone rang. Like, you know, I don't have time for this. I picked it up. It was Pinellas County Sheriff's Office. Hey, the sheriff signed up on your file. We want you to start working with this. Like, wow. Yeah, I think I'm going to stay with Tampa. They just signed up on my file. Go to Tampa, get my equipment. Later in the day, I get another call from Pinellas County. You don't understand. The sheriff's on the front of your file. There's a lot of people trying to get hired here. I said, no, I'm okay. I'm good. Do me a favor, the recruiter said. Come and ride with us. I said, okay, I'll ride with you, but I'm still going to Tampa. Put me in the car. And I'm like, okay, this isn't as bad as I thought it was. So I'm talking to the deputy doing a ride along. We pull into the old Barnett Bank. And I'm like, well, what are you doing? And there was this little call box on a wall. So back then, we had the ARM system, but you have live dictation on your reports. Automated records management Automated system. Automated records management system. And I'm like, you're doing a report? Yeah. I'm like, where's your notepad and where's the forms? I'm just calling it live dictation. I went, that's the report writing system? Hey, I'm coming to Pinellas County. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm done with Tampa. Uh -huh. No, just on that alone. That, just <laughs> on that alone, because, you know, you're younger. I wasn't big in report writing. So, and you're talking, and, and it's live dictation. As I'm talking, they're typing. And that's my report. When I'm done, the report is over. 
that was a no-brainer. Yeah. So, <laughs> and I want to go back a little bit further because I want to know how you got here and why you landed on, you know, law enforcement. But while we're talking about that, uh, those call boxes, I mean, pre-cell phones. So there were several locations where you could go. Uh, and, you know, back then you may have seen uh, a deputy, you'd see a cruiser pulled up to a telephone pole or, or something with this call box open and they're just on the phone. Mm -hmm. And we actually still have a couple of those call boxes, by the way. It's pretty cool. That is, huh. there was all the, a lot of banks had them in the drive through drive to window, like on the last one. And it was, I remember the phone number 61, I think 6190 was a phone, was mm -hmm. a combination. You <laughs> just did the combination, and those cords must have been 15 feet long. <laughs> and we hung the phone up, you had to take all the cords and wrap them up and put them inside the call box. Uh -huh. But I thought, I've never seen that. I've never right. heard that. It's this innovative. the best thing ever. Yeah. How can somebody not, not want to do this? To do this? So, so let's just back up really quick. So you grew up in Michigan. Yes. So did you always want to be in law enforcement? What brought you to Florida? Give us a little bit of that. I never wanted to be in law enforcement. <laughs> um, but that was the last thing I thought I wanted to do. Uh, a good friend of mine, his grandfather was law enforcement. His father law enforcement. So he was born to be in law enforcement. He talked to me and told us, I, I have no interest in doing that. You're wasting your time. Just, I'm not doing it. Same thing. Hey, do a ride-along with me. So I did a ride-along. This is pretty good, but I can't do this in cold weather. I mm -hmm. cannot see myself doing it. So I'm an old guy. And when I was in high school, Clearwater Beach was a spring break spot to go to. So I'm just thinking to myself, one December, what am I doing here? I need to go to Florida. I'm tired of shoveling snow. This was before they had those pre-start cars. You were the starter for the cars. You had to go out there and warm the cars up. It wasn't that self-start thing. Mm -hmm. You had to shovel the snow. It's just everything. Why am I here? Why don't I go to Florida? Plus, I probably shouldn't say this, but I'll say it anyways. You know, everybody's seen Miami Vice, <laughs> and they thought that Florida <laughs> law enforcement was like the Miami Vice type of thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I'm going to go out there, you know, drive these cool cars, wear these cool <laughs> clothes, and enjoy the weather. But it was the weather was the main thing to bump right. down to Florida. And the law enforcement, it's just one of those things where, you know, I didn't think I wanted to do it until you do a ride along and then you say, well, this isn't as bad as I thought. You know, it's different because that's true. No two days are the same. So it's just one of those things where I can see myself doing this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I laugh now and I think about it. I got my first check. It was probably like $700 after taxes. And I thought, boy, I get all this money to do this job, to have this much fun. <laughs> I am the luckiest guy in the <laughs> world. <laughs> right. And you're not in Michigan. Right. I'm not in Michigan. Even Shoveling better. snow. Right. So, Shoveling snow. So, so you make your way down here. Uh, you, you take the job. Uh, and, and you've been here, I mean, like you said, 30 years in November. You've been just about everywhere uh, except IOB. Except IOB. So, so let's talk about, you know, your path, all the things you've gotten to do. So you start off in 1993, you're an FTO. So I started, I'm an FTO. And back then, there was only two of us in the FTO program. So I was very FTO, lucky. that's field, field training. training officer. Yeah, come on, Ashley, jump well, at any time. I, I, yeah. I, okay, all right, yeah. <laughs> Try right. not to be rude. I know. I'm, <laughs> I'm very rude. I'll interrupt so, wherever. And there was two of us in the field <laughs> training. So I was fortunate enough to go with it's typically it's four trainers mm -hmm. and the first and the last are usually the same mm -hmm. so they can track your progress when you first started as opposed to being in phase four just to see where you are 
And the distribution of work is 25% first phase, 50%, 75%, and then the phase four, you're doing it all with the same FTO as phase one. So, and, and again, just, just for clarification for our listeners, so I think it's five phases now. I, I know it's changed over the years. Rick, I've been out of there for I know, 30 years. I know, years, I know, so. <laughs> and I, I should have heard it enough by now, but um, there's, there's mul- I think it's five phases, uh, and, and essentially the first phase, for exa- as he's saying, with the, with the workload, you're, you're basically riding along doing a little yep. bit of the work, and it slowly transitions to the point where by the end, the field training officer or FTO is essentially riding along with you. Yes. So, so it's another thing, too. I've been here so long. When I first started, I got the holster for a 38 but I was able to transit to the nine millimeter. And I thought, boy, that was the best thing in the world. Here I am carrying a nine millimeter and I'm in this training class with all of these veteran deputies. <laughs> and you got the nine. And I got the nine. <laughs> and uh, I'm, 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 I'm ahead of deputies who've been here for a while. Like, man, look at this. How advanced I am, How right? fancy are we? <laughs> <laughs> so what, was, what, was, what were some of your you know, first relationships and things like with, with your group? I mean, in, in FTO, I mean, how was the, was everybody, did you have some experienced FTOs? What was the? Uh, FTO, um, it wasn't like you think it is. I didn't have any problems at FTO phase one. I thought I was doing well. Phase two, I had an FTO who, a little different. And, and I'll remember this as vivid as can be. He told me to stop a car in front of me. And I stopped the car and the protocol is you ask for license, registration, proof of insurance, and then you tell the person why you stopped them. So the lady in the car, why'd you stop me? I said, let me get back to you. I had no idea. (laughs) (laughs) So I was smart enough to let me get back to you. So I went back to the car and I was in the driver's seat and I'm driving. I said to the FTO, why do we stop her? He said, you need to get the statute book and look and figure it out. And I'm like, I can look from now until whenever, but I, I don't know why I stopped. Figure it out. What? Yeah. Well. It's not no little book. It's not a little book. <laughs> and I'm a brand new deputy. Well, there's a part that says the light around the light tag has to be clear. Mm-hmm. And this was pink. <laughs> I, I could still look in this book and probably have a hard time finding it. Mm-hmm. So... All FTOs weren't the same. And at that point, I decided that, you know what, I'm going to get through this no matter what, because I was very confident that I can fly through and that everybody liked me because I'm a likable person. Mm-hmm. For some reason, man, the FTO, we didn't see eye to eye. And I did get, you know, not a reputation, but, hey, this guy is difficult to work with. And that bothered me because I asked the question, why – Am I stopping this car? I didn't know. Mm-hmm. You know, now you tell me once, I'll figure it out, but I didn't know. Do you think to you, I mean, you're obviously new kid on the block coming in. Was there kind of a, a culture with some of the old timers where it was kind of different and, <laughs> and there was kind of this resistance to new people, new things? It was, it was different as far as, I'll say different because they had a, they wanted to make sure you did the right thing. And they really wanted to teach you. So I remember getting the car, don't touch nothing, don't say nothing, don't talk on the radio, you just sit there. And it's just a different way of teaching you how to do things. I don't know if it was intentional, but this is just how they did it back mm-hmm. then. Um, and nobody tried to wash me out, I don't think, except for one person. But they just had a different way of doing things. And they wanted to make sure that you were prepared for any situation that could come up. 
So the FTO experience was, I enjoyed it. I learned a lot, but you just seen how they did things back then. Don't talk on the radio until I tell you to. Mm -hmm. Don't touch the MDT until we tell you to. Don't do anything unless we tell you to. But they would also do things to get you to think. And I remember going back in neighborhoods, turn left, turn right, turn left, turn right. Where are you at? I don't know. Then look at the street signs. Why not? Mm-hmm. You're being attacked. Somebody's calling for help. Where are you at? Uh, I'm lost. So some things, like, they just teach you how mm-hmm. to do things. I remember we used to wear those, cam- we had those campaign hats. Mm-hmm. You had to put those hats on just to learn how to shield the light, look down down range to see what was going on. Just things like that. They just mm-hmm. did stuff. So there was like, there was a method to the it madness. There was a method to the madness. Right. right. And, and I remember doing a traffic stop. It was a simulated traffic stop. And I put my foot out on the pavement between the door. And the sergeant came and just closed the door on my leg. <laughs> I'm a bad guy coming to get you. What right. are you going to do? But you, those are life mm-hmm. lessons. Right. You don't make those mistakes. I'm coming to get you. The door's pent against my leg. Mm-hmm. Get out. Mm-hmm. I can't. Mm-hmm. Get out. So those are the things that, you know, you didn't understand it back then, but you understand it now and the reason they're doing it. So it just makes you a more rounded deputy, mm-hmm. you know, and you see the method now. May not have understood it then, but right. I understand Make, it makes now. Makes sense now. It makes sense Different, now. different appreciation yeah. for those it. One, a lot of those, that, that makes sense. You're going to be in those situations. How often are you going to pull somebody over and not know why you did it? <laughs> well, <laughs> if I'm the... One driving the car, I'm not gonna put you over. No, exactly. That's exactly. right. I'm yeah. like, that was but a little, that was a little off. It was, it was, <laughs> it was different. You know, it was, yeah. it was different. It's, it's, and I understand it. Everybody has mm-hmm. a different method, a way of doing things, but just I didn't agree with that. But so when I got promoted, this individual told me, "Congratulations." I said, "You better hope you never come work in my squad." Because I forgive you, but I didn't forget what you did. <laughs> so, there's a silver line into yeah. that. Like, this person is now retired. So there's a silver oh, line into they, it. They're safe now. You didn't do it? Never no came payback? to work for me. Oh. Never came oh. to work for me. Maybe by design. Maybe by design. Yeah, right. So there's, you know, there's, there's ways of getting back. Yeah. So you mentioned, uh, you mentioned the MDT. So oh, what, I remember those. So what does uh, what, what that does that is. stand for? First of all, that is the mobile data terminal. All right. So pre computers. Pre computers. Oh. It, it, it looks computer ish. It looks computer ish, but it was the computer. in the same way that a etch a sketch does. Yeah, it, yeah, it, kind of. It does now, but back right. in the nineties and late eighties and early nineties, that was that was cutting state edge, state of the art. That yeah. that yeah. was cutting edge, right? And Pinellas County, unbeknownst to me at that time, we're known for technology training, and, and just having everything we need as far as equipment-wise. Mm-hmm. And that was cutting, before anybody had them, we had those MDTs mm-hmm. in our cars. Now, uh, now you look at it, like I said, it's clip art now, mm-hmm. and it is like an extra sketch, but back then, like, here we are now. Um, if you made, ran a name like a Jones or a Smith, it only holds so many characters, not like the computer now. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure what the character was. I could run a Smith on a Friday and come back and still get hits on a Monday. Yeah. You know, you, just and you couldn't come, exit out of you it. You couldn't exit out of it. You were still. So what, no. what sort of things could you search on an MDT? You could search everything, but okay. it was just big. You had to do a big formula. It wasn't just like a pre, right. you know, pre. You had so to, you could search addresses, You could whatever. search everything, but you had to do all these big mm-hmm. formulas to search that. So that would take you 20 minutes just to get the formula up. But you could. Um, and we had these little cheat sheets. Mm-hmm. So we can just go through. And you got pretty good typing with one hand. Mm-hmm. 
because you know it, it's 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 set there and it wasn't like a full keyboard so you know you you were pretty right. good at typing in one hand and you, talking on the radio and talking on the radio and then looking at everything <laughs> going around you yes so yes. the so getting out of FTO there are of course a lot of firsts right when you're a new deputy so any any good stories or fun things there well, I'm sure there are but there are <laughs> that you can share so, yeah so this is this is when um, I had a, I didn't have a take on car at that time because we just started and I didn't, I didn't have a take on car. So I had to get a spare car. And what kind of cars were we driving back then? Well, back then we were driving, it was Crown Vicks and Tauruses, but they just didn't look the same as they mm-hmm. are now. Sure. And I locked my key in the car. So I called the corporal on the radio to meet me so he can get on this MDT to let dispatch know I needed somebody to come in and lock the door. Mm. So he got there. And he got on the radio that locked my keys in my car. Well, I could have done that. <laughs> He's trying, trying to keep to this little key. <laughs> yeah. So it it was it wasn't good fun. You know, they sure. I was I was a junior junior, I was a rookie with the senior squad. And they took the care, took the time to make sure I did everything the right way. Mm-hmm. But they would, you know, I would be the butt of a lot of jokes. Oh yeah. You're gonna get picked on. I would get picked on, but it's a it's a learning thing. But the main thing is, you know, like <laughs> I learned if I lock my keys in my car. I'd rather walk to the payphone and call myself right. as opposed to having somebody come Do it for and get on the radio doing it for oh, me. Oh, yeah. Right. right. You'll never live it down. I will never live it down. <laughs> I will never live it down. Uh, that's awesome. So what else from those early days? So from those early days, I was patrol. Then I went to community policing. Okay. And then community policing, I was one of the first community policing deputies uh, in the Ridgecrest, Baskin's Ridgecrest area. And... It was different mm-hmm. because I was in their Omega Street Crimes unit before that. Mm-hmm. And when we disbanded, we had to disband because it took over the city of Dunedin. So everybody had to go to different areas just so we can make this work out. And I went from a street crimes unit to community policing. And one of the first things we did in community policing is we have to help the citizens put street lights in the neighborhood. Like, I didn't sign up to do that. Mm-hmm. I'm a cop. I'm not putting lights in the community. But after a while, I was talked into doing it. I said, it makes, it makes a lot of sense to do it. Mm-hmm. So I got to go back and tell you, when I left Street Crimes Unit, my partner, we didn't know each other, but we, we knew each other, but we didn't know each other well. So just real quick, street yeah. crimes back then. Street right? crimes so back then. People say street crimes now, and it's like, wasn't well, that where all crimes happen? Like, what, what does that mean? What did that mean back then? Well, we just went to the, like, targeted areas, like, were high probability mm-hmm. of crime, and we would just go there. In, in plain clothes? And no, we would no? plain clothes, okay. uniform. It just depends on what, what it was. You we rode a bike. I mean, okay. it just depends on mm-hmm. what the situation was. We kind of did everything. Mm-hmm. But we mostly were in cars, and we, we had those cars. We called them slick tops. No light, no light mm-hmm. bars on the top. You know, so it was like a low-profile vehicle. And we didn't wear the traditional Class A. We wore, like, um, it was like a, like the Marine uniform. Mm-hmm. It was like a utility. Tactical. Yeah, more tactical. You, yes, mm-hmm. it was. So we just did whatever it is. We just go to Squad 1 on Incorporated St. Pete. We would go to Ridgecrest. I mean, we just went everywhere that there was, like, a predictable crime problem. Mm-hmm. And we tried to go. The big thing was crack cocaine. Mm-hmm. So our big job was just trying to make traffic stops, trying to do things pertaining to crack cocaine mm-hmm. or warrants, just anything that um, we can try to make a difference and in, in, in kind of suppress some of that. Okay. All right. So sorry, I just had to ask that. No, I, so, yeah, you, no. so you and your partner? Uh, so me and my partner, 
So first thing I said, hey, just know two things about me. I can shoot and I can drive. As soon as I said that, I hit the back of a car. <laughs> <laughs> like so, literally as soon as? As, that. as soon as it got out of my mouth. And I it bet you they said, it, I don't want to see you shoot. Uh, right. <laughs> when I said I, I can shoot, but it was uh, it was just a minor. It right, was yeah, a big it's a, it's a and minor. We're, and we're laughing. And back then I reported right to the lieutenant. And I'm calling and I'm on the, I'm just laughing. Like, what's so funny? So you won't believe this. So he likes it. At least, hopefully, I can shoot better than I can drive. Right. Yeah. But it was just, you know, that, that one time thing, that one thing. Yeah. So we got over there pretty good. And did, did you brag anymore after that? No, I didn't. <laughs> yeah. right. Another lesson was, learned. Mm-hmm. Lesson learned. Ooh. Yes. Don't say a word. So you were talking about the community policing deal. You know, you said I'm I'm not a I'm a cop. I don't you know, and and that's obviously non-traditional yep. law enforcement. And that was that, a new concept around that. Back then I mean, was. Policing, yeah. And it's still, it still yeah. is evolving yeah. because if I asked you back then if you thought that someday we would have a specialized mental health right. unit or right. the home task force and all these things. So was that something you, I mean, you said you kind of obviously understood why that was important then, but how was everyone else taken to that? Because you were at that time had not been here too long. Right. And of course there were, there were folks that had been a lot longer. So what was the attitude toward that then? Yeah. You know, at first it was, like I said, it was, it was different because we hadn't done it. But after a while, when we got the streetlights on, then we got those no parking signs then you start to see the results, results of it, mm-hmm. right? And back then we did a lot of drug stings where the mm-hmm. narcotics would buy drugs and then they put the package together. We come and arrest, you know, some of the people later on. We can identify these people by pictures, by sight. So that was it was it was working, mm-hmm. and we would get this packets, and the packets had all the affidavits and it had pictures of the individuals and all the charges, and we can go out there and just boom, boom, boom you know, pick them off pretty quick because we knew who they were. We knew where they hung out. We knew everything about them. From looking them. at paper. From looking at paper, right, because we just, we do the pattern. Mm-hmm. So it was, it, it worked. And then where it really started resonating with me is the Baskin's car was always a two-person car, non-FTO. So what we started doing was got with the shift commanders, we'll take the Baskin's car during the evenings and you let those deputies go elsewhere. Mm-hmm. So once we started doing that, um, they took the two-person car away. Now it's just a one-person car because, you know, not because of something I did. Right. But just because we, with the community policing, it was so effective, you know, we were just everywhere doing everything. So it, I think it helped. So in time, people in time, saw the results time, and that it right. made a difference. Yeah. And in time, and people would come to us for every, you know, to identify. We had a book. And that book, we had everybody's picture in it. And we passed a book around from shift to shift to shift so people can see who these individuals are. You know, so it was a bunch of buy-in, and we didn't know at the time what we were doing. We just know, wow, this is pretty good, pretty effective. It's working pretty well. So was that yeah. kind of the first attempt at community policing for this agency? Or um, were, they, they, they had things? it in North County, okay. but it was like mm-hmm. officially in the south end. North as far, County as, had as, far as being able to actually move the needle, probably. Yes, yes. Yeah. yes. So being, being in o- Omega, that was kind of more of a reactive place, Absolutely. whereas community policing is more proactive and what can we do to Omega was my speed it. at that time. I yeah. loved it. And community policing wasn't, but I got to understand community policing better. It is. And, yeah. and, and, you know, take somebody to jail doesn't solve the problem temporarily, yeah. but it's, it's just temporarily. Yeah. It's right. just moving the problem. Moving the problem. That's right. Yeah, so yeah. I had to understand, Hey, there's a bigger picture to this. Mm-hmm. And you get another thing that you remember about community policing is you make 
relationships with some of these, some of the, some of the people in there. And there's mm-hmm. a lot of good people. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes people, I'm sure a majority are good. Get, people. They are. And they get yeah. misjudged or mislabeled, but there's mm-hmm. a lot of good people who are trying to do like everybody else. Just take, you know, take care of their families, work hard and do things that, that, that you do in life. Mm-hmm. But some people in the neighborhood makes it harder for other people to do it. So I enjoyed the relationships and it was, it was weird because I left the community policing. But when I was a patrol captain, I would roll, go in there as a lieutenant, and I would talk to these people that I haven't seen in years. Mm. And we just pick up a conversation like it was nothing. And I had no problem doing that. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty good. And I haven't been there in a while. Mm-hmm. But I would, it just, that's what it was about. Mm-hmm. And I hate to say cliche-ish, but, you know, that's, that was a big part of it. Well, it's, I mean, it yeah. makes sense to me. It's pretty straightforward. Yeah. yeah. You know, you yeah. can't always, I, I like that too. I mean, yep. you know, taking people to jail just moves the problem. Mm-hmm. Well, there's people that need to go to jail. Yeah. For sure. Well, of course. And you For take sure. Them, right. You take it. And, and the big problem was, you know, crack cocaine was a big issue there, too. You know, and it was, it, was, it was prevalent, but not everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times people coming from other neighborhoods into the neighborhood to buy whatever they need and go home. Mm-hmm. You know, so we took pride in trying to clean up the best we could. And, and, and it worked. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it definitely worked. So community policing, um, the traffic unit or DUI? Then I went there? to the DUI unit. Uh-huh. Hmm. Now, that was probably the best assignment I've ever had in my life <laughs> because um, we, it was weird. Imagine a room full of alphas, mm-hmm. and we're arguing about everything inside the room. But once you leave the room, you couldn't say anything to anybody else if you weren't part of that group. You know, so hmm. that unit was, um, we wouldn't have had it. Worked hard free reign just to go and all you did was chase drunks around. Mm-hmm. But we had to do a little more than that. Anytime there's alarm, if there's an in-progress call, you get the alert tone. Mm-hmm. And that tells you something's happening, so everybody's kind of paying attention to it. Whenever alert tone would go off, they knew the step unit or echo unit were going to that call. So we could be anywhere, anytime, any place you didn't know, but you knew those Mustang. We had Mustang 5.0s. Mm-hmm. And you know those Mustangs are coming everywhere. So the best thing to do is pull over and get out of the way because we're coming, you know, left, right, it doesn't matter. We're going to go there and we're going at a pretty high rate of speed also. So <laughs> so that was just an operational thing like you guys are just going to go because you're out there? That's, we're going to go because we're out there. Hey, why, why don't we have those Mustangs anymore? Yeah, we don't. <laughs> That's a good question. Um, Ricky, you would know this. That Mustang, it was very fast. But it didn't stop good. It didn't turn good. So there was... <laughs> to get where you're going, going, if it's in a well, straight line. Yeah, straight lines, yes. that's it. Yeah. 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 And, and I think we took them to the end of their life. I mean, they <laughs> yeah, we so earned it. I think those, those special service package Mustangs is what they were. And talking about being kind of having newer equipment stuff, a lot of local, most people that had those, there were not a lot of, a lot of them made because they're actually worth a lot of money now. Mm. Right. Um, but mostly it was state and federal agencies that had those, yes. like highway patrol stuff. So yes. I think Clearwater had some. Clearwater had some too. And then we had some, and yep. obviously FHP, but as far yep. as a municipal or county, there weren't a lot of them. There weren't. It, it, I'm telling you this, we modified the Mustangs also. We took the front seat out. Mm. We modified a cage that was in the back seat, mm. just the one back seat, like a, you take a prisoner like an L seat. Right. Mm-hmm. Right, so you can take a prisoner in it. Mm. So... I'm thinking, like, man, it doesn't get any better than this. You know, I've got the Mustang. I'm not taking calls for service. I'm out there just, we call it chasing drunks around. Boy, it doesn't get better than this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, wow. Yeah. It, it, it was a lot of work because you had a lot of court time. 
Mm. You know, it was a lot of work because attorneys are going to try to challenge it. Even if they're falling down, staggering, drunk, they're going to try to do what mm -hmm. they can to challenge it. But I took it as a challenge because I, in that unit, I didn't want to fall down drunk. That's not a challenge. I wanted the impairment cases. Mm -hmm. So we tried to do the impaired. Because they're harder so, to. They're harder. Because so that means somebody who's close to the limit close to the, the point limit, 08. Yes. 08 or, yes. Right there, they're just under. Right. Mm -hmm. okay. So patrol would call us. And we I knew if we would take drunks for patrol too. That's, that's the one thing that most deputies don't want to investigate. So because it takes so long. Well, that, yeah. but if you, if you oh. look at the statute book, it tells you all the elements of a crime. But a DUI, it mm. doesn't slay the elements out for you. Mm. So most people don't want to take them unless they're falling down, staggering drunk. So we would do mm. that for patrol because they don't want to, it's, it's a pain, they don't want to take it. So we would go to patrol because you, you know it's going to be, we call it an easy stat. That's an easy stat. Mm. So we get it. Take them, take them to CBT, but it, it, it worked out Central well. Central breath testing? Central breath testing, yes. See, look, you remember that, right? <laughs> so how long, so from the time, like when, so obviously they had the Mustangs, we're talking like 1994, 1995 yeah. in there somewhere, so you've been on for, a what was there something, did you put in for the DUI position or that, was that appealing to you? I did put it, it was appealing to me because I love those Mustangs, seeing them zipping around. <laughs> 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 I really didn't tie, at that time, I didn't really care much about Doing DUIs per se. Right. I just wanted just that nice wanted car. car. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Had that nice Mustang. <laughs> so, so first it was, was Miami Vice yeah. to get to Florida, then yes. the car oh, to get to DUI. The There's thing. a theme here. I'll, uh -huh. take, I'll take the, I'll take, you know, what, what do you drive? A, a, a Lamborghini? Right. Or, yeah. I turn it in for a Mustang. Yeah. I, I'm good with the Mustang. Mm -hmm. so, and you're probably just a major now because you like the, the shiny that's right. stuff that's on right. the uniform. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about the look. It's all about the appearance. That's what it is. And having fun. But, you know, and seriously, I didn't, I knew people that were in DUI squad. Those guys were squared away. They were hardworking deputies. But it's just, you know, the reputation mm. of being in that squad. And they had a reputation, whew, United States wide, of being one of the best. Mm -hmm. You know, so I wanted to be a part of that. So the reputation, I mean, so today, obviously, there's a lot of technology that helps. Was it pretty much the same? I mean, you have the breathalyzers. Um, did you have the DRE certifications and things like that back then? We the had the breath recognition experts. experts. Yes, I was a DRE and I was a DRE instructor. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that was just starting Ooh. to come in at that point to DRE. So, so I that, a, that was a new thing. That was a new thing. Mm -hmm. That was it because you couldn't testify to horizontal gaze and stagnus HCN unless you were a drug recognition expert. So what? once it became. <laughs> Yes, that that's was, just the, that involu was a lot. <laughs> yep, yep. the involuntary movement of the eyes. Yeah. There we go. Okay, okay so Boom. just just look at it like this. Yeah. On a nice rainy day, your windshield wipers glide smooth. That's how your eyes look when you're no alcohol. Mm -hmm. Take those same windshield wipers when it's not raining, it's how they bounce across. Mm. That is an indicator that there's some substance aboard, whether it's alcohol or drugs, whatever the case is. Okay. So a drug recognition expert allow you to testify to that. Somebody's showing signs of impairment, but it's not alcohol. So it's something else aboard. So I went through the drug recognition school, and I was a drug recognition instructor. Um, so you that, could actually figure out from, from the different physiological signs what yes. drugs they were Yes, you had to go through like a seven-stepping, it's been a long time, a seven-step exam mm -hmm. to take like the blood pressure, look at the pupil size. There was a lot of steps involved, and mm -hmm. I don't remember all the steps now, but I know there's a lot of steps involved to it. And Ricky talked about technology. Back then, we had to write this whole synopsis of everything we did. I'm for not that certain, one individual. For that one individual. Yeah. That was okay. after we did the breath test. That was after yeah. to go through the whole DUI processing and another process for the DRE exam. So you could testify as an expert witness? Yes. Okay. Yes. And it's, it wasn't alcohol. It was something on yeah. board. 
So um, we we did. And I, I tell you a funny story about 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 this. We like those. Are, are you yes. sure you want to share this? I think I'll share if this. I, don't, okay. I think I'll share this. Okay. Laura knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> so we just got the brand new central breath test facility, CBT. Which is at the jail. At the jail. Okay. So they have those half petitions. If you sit in, it's not full. Mm-hmm. So we were doing a DRE. People that were trying to become DREs, they came to, to our facility and wants to bring the drunk person in. We let them do a DRE if they, you know, didn't have any alcohol present. So it's like a certification. Mm-hmm. And there were people from all over the state of okay. Florida in our CPT. So I was doing my DR, my DUI. And another deputy bought a drunk person in. And this person just could see the top of my head. And she says in loud voice, oh, my God, look at that giant milk dud. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, I'm just getting myself. Was she a little high, too? She was hungry? She, I, <laughs> she was something. And I'm saying to myself, you just scarred oh. me for the rest of my life. Oh, man. <laughs> Never live a name like Never, that down. And, and that one time, usually if you go into CBT, Imagine having 20 people with 20 different conversations because mm-hmm. everybody had a person that they were arresting. So there's mm-hmm. different mm-hmm. conversations. Mm-hmm. It was absolutely quiet, like in church <laughs> at that particular time. <laughs> so everybody heard it. Everybody heard it. <laughs> everybody That's heard fantastic. it. So if you hear somebody call me Milk Dud, they know me from way from back, back in the day. <laughs> oh. yes. And, and, and I hate to there. break it to you. But now a whole new generation is going to start calling you. Of course. Of course. course. (laughs) We're not cutting this part out. But you you, you talk about things like that. I mean, that that was at the time you just kind of like, oh, my gosh. But you look back and you laugh at that because that's something that you remember. Those that's what it was about. Mm -hmm. You know, that's and it was just you laugh about it. And when she left, I was. It's over. It's over. You're, 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 they, were you're the me. they were killing me. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. uh, so you weren't a rookie anymore, but you were still. I yeah, wasn't a rookie, yeah. but I was a milk. Dude. It could have been worse. Could have happened like year one. It could have. You got a couple years in. So DUI is obviously something you really like doing. You spent some time in there, and I did. What is, what is it about it? I mean, it's a complex investigation. It's meaningful. I think is. I think it's meaningful, like you said. Um, you know, you're. It's pretty serious because you see, let me, let me step back. One thing I learned about DUIs, I don't think people drive impaired intentionally. Mm-hmm. I just don't think people realize how impaired they are, if that makes sense to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I used to go in some of these classes where we were doing like a controlled study. And I had to drink until I thought I was intoxicated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm feeling pretty good. And I had that portable breath. So I'm like, wow, mm-hmm. wow. So I, I don't think people intentionally go DUI, but it doesn't matter. Once the damage is done, it's done. Sure. Mm-hmm. And it is a, it is a, it can be a complicated investigation, but I'm out there, you know, it's the thrill of the chase or the hunt. You're hunting these DUIs down. You're trying to get somebody before they hurt somebody else. Mm-hmm. So you're trying to take them off. And we had so much competition that at the, every year they were called the Mad Awards, Mothers Against Drunk Driving. Mm-hmm. If you got 100 plus DUIs, you go to the steps of Tallahassee and get an award. We won that in six months. I didn't want mm-hmm. a year. That's way too, you know, it's, we're not doing that. Mm-hmm. We Six months is our, and we tried to outdo each other mm. to get that goal. And the whole unit would go to get these awards. Wow. And if it was 100, we were like, <laughs> you're laughing at you, 100? 
Now, I'm not sure what their numbers, if they still have it today or what the numbers are. I know, that, I know they're involved in a little more now than we were back then. Mm-hmm. But we did DUIs. And when the schools opening, we did the school zones, you know, when the schools first opened. Now, I didn't like that at the time because I was a night guy. Mm-hmm. And now I'm up in the morning, you know, with the schools. But there was a reason for it. Mm-hmm. It served a purpose. Mm-hmm. No, so that was, that was just so fun to me because you just didn't never, you never knew what you're going to get yourself into. Because no two drunks are the same. Right. So what's your favorite drunk story? Oh, <laughs> I have a lot of those. But the favorite drunk story is I stopped a guy for DUI and he was coming from a Christmas party. And I told him that we're going to do the FSTs or field sobriety test. And he said, I'm not taking these racially biased tests. I said, it's not racially biased. I give this test to everybody because I need to see if you're impaired or not. And he was just so argumentative. This is a racially biased test. I said, how? It's, it does, I, said, I don't know what you are, who you are, and I'll pull you over. I just see your driving pattern. Mm-hmm. I don't stop you for anything else other than your driving. Now, back then also, talking about technology, we had in-car cameras to let us videotape the driving. Those old VHS and I know some of you probably don't. Laura, you might be with me on that, right? I remember them. I know what a VHS is. You probably heard. Yes, the blockbuster. I read about the encyclopedia. Yes. So we had VHS, but we didn't have. We had there was just there was just mount inside the cars, but we had the body mics on us. You know, so it would pick up everything audio wise, but video is just in the car. So we didn't know. You just seen who you're. You know, we saw the driving pattern, so we can go to court to testify to it. So. This guy, we just went forever and ever, like, racially motivated. I'm like, please stop with these biases. It's, it's not a biased test. Mm-hmm. So it was funny because the guy thought he was so intelligent. And I'm like, you have no idea what you're telling me. You have no <laughs> idea how bad you're going to look on video. So we would go to court, pop the video in, and the guy looked at the attorney and said, I'm guilty. You know, <laughs> we don't want to go through this. So it, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was challenging that time. It was, it was motivating to me. Mm-hmm. Um, at this point, um, I need a new challenge. So I went to the traffic unit. As a daytime. As a daytime. Actually, let me think. I was, the sergeant became the sergeant. So I was a corporal in the unit. In so DUI. That, in the DUI. Okay. So that was a different challenge because now your responsibilities are changing. You're more like, mm-hmm. you know, doing like the administrative stuff mm-hmm. just to, you know, I would get out there and play. But it was more taking care of the CBT, central breath testing, mm-hmm. making sure all the paperwork is done, the P's, just that. So... It was a challenge, but I wanted a little more of a challenge. So I went to my old lieutenant. I'm going to put you on day shift. I was like, I don't want that much of a challenge. <laughs> you know, I like where I'm at because it's too hot, too much traffic, you know, too much traffic per se. So you need to go to the traffic unit. And I used to hate writing traffic tickets. I, I hated that. And the reason why is because you always stop this guy who probably didn't have two nickels rubbed together. And you have to give this individual a traffic ticket. I, I hated that. I did it because it was my job, but I used to hate that. Yeah. I just felt so bad about that. Mm-hmm. Unless, unless mm-hmm. you talked yourself into it. Yeah. You know, so I did that Because for you have discretion. You have discretion. Yeah. You I was do have say, discretion. Can you, you educate do. as opposed to you can. Yeah, back then? Anyways, you can. Yeah. And sometimes people, you can educate. And it, and it was, talk about technology. My famous line was press hard, five copies when they're signing it because it wasn't this automated, mm-hmm. you know, DL swiper and all that. You had to take and write everything by hand. Mm-hmm. 
So you write those citations out and mm. people want to argue with you. It's not a, you know, it's not a mission of guilt. Just saying you show up to court, whenever the court date is, make sure you press hard five copies. Well, you know, being like you are, I wouldn't let them touch my pens. I had a pen for them. Now let's put the pen out. You use this pen. I'm not mm-hmm. sharing. This is not a community pen for me. Right. It's for you all, <laughs> right. but not for me. Right. So, you know, press hard five copies and you would give them an actual yellow copy inside an envelope. So it's just technology has changed, but it's just, I hated doing that. Mm. Well, because you hated writing because once arms happened, you threw all your pens <laughs> in the trash <laughs> and then you went into a unit where you, you had to write. Is that you, what I'm hearing? There you go. That's, that's exactly what you're hearing. That's exactly it. So see, I, I'm, I'm getting relaxed I'm now. Listening. There I'm listening. I'm listening. There you go. I'm relaxing now, but it was, it was, it was just so hard to write tickets. No, but again, everything, there's a purpose. You know, if you deserve it, I have no problem giving you one. And I have no problem doing my job, mm. but it just felt bad right. you know, for doing that yeah. because, you know, you want to educate people. But, boy, it's tough to take money out of somebody's pocket. That's, you know, you're working hard for that money. Mm-hmm. And, and then it can start the cycle. If they can't pay for their ticket, then their license is suspended, and then they can't go to their job, and then they can't take care of exactly their kids. Right. And, yeah. That's exactly True. right. So, um, and, and remember, they used to have this thing called um, financial responsibility suspension. So mm-hmm. if you had, let's say you're with insurance company A and you went to insurance company B, insurance company A would tell the state of Florida, you don't have insurance, not with a different company, just you don't have insurance. So they would suspend your license on the FR suspension, which is a financial responsibility yeah. suspension. Boy, those are tough too, because you, you know, you stop a car and it was like a financial responsibility and people had no idea that their yeah. license are suspended yeah. because yeah. they just knew that they changed from one insurance company to the other. But the state was poor. You don't have insurance. So, boy, you had to be, you know, you had to figure this stuff out. Like, wait a minute. Is this, mm-hmm. Do you really know what's going on or do you, are you just playing games? It was, it was just a mess. Yeah. It was a mess. And probably can't get the information and confirmation as quick as you can now, obviously. Mm-hmm. Not with the MDTs, especially right. <laughs> by the last time Smith or Jones. You know, and you, you know, you would, you know, it was, it was different. You know, it was definitely different. Yeah. So one more DUI question. What was your... Well, actually two. How many DUIs lifetime do you have that you Oof. gave or investigated? I'm guessing probably 900 maybe. I'm, I'm, how, how long were you in DUI? Four or five years. Okay. And I, I know this because when I first became a sergeant, one of my deputies said, we investigated you and you're okay. I'm like, why am I okay? Because you paid your dues. I'm like, what are you talking about? We looked in you up and some of your DUIs arrest you had. So you, you did your, you know, you did your job out there. I was like, well, that's nice. Thanks for letting me know that, for filling me in. So that's, that is, I think like 900 might have been the number. Wow. wow. And then uh, what's the highest uh, blood alcohol level you've ever seen? Oh, wow. That's a good question. And how was that person? That is a good question. Probably functional. If it I was, was very functional. <laughs> so Absolutely. It was, we used to, we would work seven. 30 to 7.30 p.m. to 5.30 a.m. Mm-hmm. And once we would go to lunch, like at 4 o'clock in the morning, um, we would have some time to kill. So I saw a car driving with no headlights, and I figured I'm just going to stop this car, kill a little time, and maybe write him a ticket just to see what's, what, what, the, what the deal is with yeah. the guy. So I stopped him, and we're having a conversation. And I was like, something's not right with this guy. I don't know what it is. Something's not right. So I said, sir, I'm going to do a DUI investigation on you. 
We did the investigation, and he nailed it. I mean, nailed it, not an issue. Like the FSTs. Like the FSTs. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I checked his eyes, and his whole head started turning. So they said, just your eyes. His, his whole head started turning. I'm like, wow, I've never seen that. Right, for the test, like for the follow, test, my yeah, finger follow my finger with just your eyes. But, just, yeah. but his whole head would turn left and right, not his eyes. I'm like, well, I've seen a lot of things, but I've never seen this in my life. So, so I'm going to take you to jail. I took him to CPT. Central breath testing. Oh, I forgot that one. See that? Did. He and does he, everybody. Uh, she, got, uh, she has that one. Okay. <laughs> and he blew like a three something. Holy cow. How and are I'm, people still alive the, at that level? He's a professional. He's a professional. So I said, I, need, I said, we need to go to the hospital. Who are we going to see? We don't know the same people. We're not going to see anybody. I have to get you medically cleared to go to the jail. I'm talking to this guy. And if, if I didn't see him on eyes, I went, this guy was perfect. Did everything perfect. And we started talking. He said he's an alcoholic, true alcoholic, and he needs to get his numbers up there just so he can function. And he what? said, if I wouldn't have seen him with his headlights, who knows if I would have stopped him or not. He did perfect on the field sobriety test. The only thing that stopped him was his eyes or his head moving. Yeah. That was it. So you're saying his head was bouncing. His head was bouncing like his eyes. Yes. Yes. And I'm like, I call my mother, Dia, look at this. And they were like, never seen it. And I saw the results. I'm like, this is crazy. Mm. So we went to the hospital, got medically clear. But like, we don't know the same friends. So why am I taking you to the hospital? <laughs> you know, it's five <laughs> o'clock in the morning, really. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Jeez. Wow. All right. So get DUI and traffic out of, out of your way. What's next? So next is... Um, and you're, you're a sergeant at this point? I'm not. Yeah. I'm you're, next, but next okay, okay. to sergeant Sorry, now. Sorry, I'm jumping ahead. No, that's okay to sergeant now. So um, I was, you know, back then they had a the drop first came in. Mm -hmm. And when drop first came in, they were giving tests almost like on a monthly basis for sergeant's exams. And I took the test. And I didn't expect to do well. I just took it just so I can See what's know the process. Right. Right. So it was just weird how they had the rules of when they promoted you. It was like the rule of for one opening, they can go down so many places, two opening so many places. So I took the test and I passed it. And we had a Christmas party and I was in patrol at the time. And the sheriff was like, hey, I'm promoting some people. And, and I'm not and paying. at this point, this is uh, not Coates? No, this Rice. is Sheriff Rice. Rice. This, okay. is back in the, this is like in the late 90s, okay. early okay. 2000s, 2002, 2003. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you have, to, you have to understand that everybody were jokesters back then. Everybody did their impersonation, you know, impression of the sheriff. Mm. Everybody would call, and I was having a squad meeting, and everybody's like, hey, are you going to get promoted sergeant? So they make these fake phone calls, and I'm like, you know, stop it, because you, you, you try not to think about it. But I would be lying if I didn't think about it, but mm -hmm. you try not to think about sure. it. Mm -hmm. So we were having a meeting, and I think it, it was the old SAB, and we're having a meeting. So the phone rang, and this is Sheriff Rice's secretary. Sheriff, I want to talk to you. And it was like two or three minutes. I hung the phone up. Called back again. Hung, I said, I know. This is Sheriff saying, you want to talk to me? Hung the phone up. <laughs> well, and I'm like, guys, quit playing around. I'm tired of this playing around. We need to get it. So the sheriff came, and he had a memo. That back in the memo with the name on it. He's like, you don't want to be promoted, huh? Oh, he came in? He came <laughs> down? <laughs> That's awesome. Then he laughed. He's like, well, I know everybody's joking around. And 
I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. So, he tore up your memo? Yeah. <laughs> it had a back there. It was just, you know, it was just. That's funny. It was because people just play around, you know. Uh -huh. But it was, it was, it was good fun, good spirits, but it's just like, stop it. You know, because you don't, <laughs> nobody sees themselves being promoted. You know, you just, I didn't see myself being promoted, mm -hmm. especially with that tenure in the agency. But, you know, I'm not ready to be a sergeant. I'm not going to be a sergeant. Mm -hmm. And it was funny because the first day I put the uniform on, I'm walking around with my, doing like this. What, covering up Co that? Covering up, yeah. yeah. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, make sure nobody take these stripes from me. Not, oh. you know, make sure they're mine. <laughs> you, sure. you I thought it was no one knew you were a sergeant. Didn't no, ask any questions or just, expect anything of you. You just didn't want people to take them like, this isn't real, you know. <laughs> right. Doing something illegal with oh. these stripes. So right. it was it was, it was was different. Huh. Um, and the sheriff told me, he said, I'm, he said, I'm going to put you in HR when the sergeant retires. <clears throat> it could be a week. It could be a month. It could be a year, but you're going to patrol until that time. So I went to patrol, and I was in the city of Dunedin. I had the best time as a sergeant. Boy, we had so much fun. We had good sergeants, good lieutenants. We were just having a good time. So this is January. I went to shift change in July. And I'm thinking, well, maybe they forgot. And I'm not saying a word because I'm having I, a good time. I'm right? having an excellent time. <laughs> I got the phone call. Hey, you're going to HR in August. I'm like, man, I thought you guys forgot about me. <laughs> but no, they didn't. And, and, and it was, you know, it was so much fun. I love DUI, but I think the sergeant was probably the most fun position I ever had because you're leading you know, but you're still like on the ground floor, so mm -hmm. to speak, just to be an effective leader to to be out there doing that. Boy, it was just so much fun. And the sergeants I worked with, lieutenants I worked with, boy, we would always we had we were all ex special ops guys. Mm -hmm. DUI, traffic. And we were very competitive. Mm -hmm. And I'll, I'll I'll never forget this. We were going to a call northbound A nineteen in Dunedin. And there's Three sergeants. I'm like, look at this. Wishing you had that Mustang. Yes. <laughs> I had a, I had a, I had a all unmarked Crown Vic at that time. I was okay with that too. Yeah, it's not bad. Because yeah. that thing had no cage in the back, so I was okay with it. But we're looking at him. Boy, look at this. And the lieutenant just loved it because we just, it was so fun, and we just got along so well. I mean, just man, I said, this is this is what it's about. I really enjoyed what I was doing. I really started enjoying it more. Mm -hmm. And then I went to HR, day shift. I'm wearing a tie. I'm driving an unmarked car. Like, I'm not built for this. I didn't sign up for this, but I had a good time in HR too. You know, it's just learning more of the admin mm -hmm. and just doing something different. It's just, it's different, but I got used to it. Mm -hmm. And my wife is like, you don't seem as happy on day shift as you were on evening shift. Mm -hmm. I said, take an adjustment. I mean, I'm so used to working night shift. So now, if I'm up past eleven o'clock, man, I, I will not make it. You know, and that's you know that's that's pushing them. But it's just it's it's different. Mm -hmm. So I was a sergeant and said HR for you know patrolling HR, and it's man, this was good. So what what was your role in HR as a sergeant? I was the I wasn't background investigator, but I just I put all the files together for law enforcement. Did you supervise the background? I investigator? did supervise the background investigators. So yes, same way it is. Same way it is now, right? Mm -hmm. And I would present everything to the lieutenant. This is who we want to hire. I was on all the interview boards, 
So I got to tell you a story about HR too. So when I was in HR, um, we took pride in, just like now, this, there's no science to hiring people. Don't let them tell you there's no science. It's a crapshoot. Mm-hmm. So you want to try to mitigate some things if you can help it. So we hired a guy, and I'll never forget this story. He worked in another city police department, and they didn't have take-home cars. So the captain of the agency called me. This guy's a good officer. I had to give him discipline because we didn't have take-home cars. I went to the read-off, and I told all the deputies that whoever damages the car and don't report it, you're going to get some time off. So this individual was taking his car back to the garage. They said, hey, we need to put on the, you know, lift to lift it up. And he had undercarriage damage on it. So the captain said, I couldn't tell if he did it or not. So I had to discipline him for it, but he's a good person. I said, okay, we'll, we'll take a chance because the record was spotless. We'll take a chance on that. He's in the FTO program and our training started to get a little more advanced. We were doing the, we just started pit training. Mm. And he was pit training. Precision mobilization technique. Right. So he just started pit training. So he had a Mustang. He had a fancy Mustang for his own car. Mm. And he's going through the city of racing somebody else. So our deputies attempted to stop him. And I think he just panicked. So he took off and they're pursuing him. And this I just want to say, this, this, this guy was in my recruit class. So you remember, so, yeah. you don't talk about Laura, mm-hmm. right? So he had been hired. He, he, was, a, he was in the FTO program. Okay. Mm-hmm. He was, and he was in his uniform. Uniform, gun, that, radio. Yes, uniform, everything. gun, radio. That night. In his personal car. In, in his, his personal, personal car. car. In his, yes. his Mustang. And he's, he's got the same uniform wear. He's got the radio. He's got everything except for he's in his own personal car. Listening and to the stop being listen, called out yes. on the radio. Yes. What? And yeah. they stopped him at 275 in Tampa. And, and the deputy said it was the weirdest thing that you had to do it to another deputy. He, he ended up going to jail. It was an actual pursuit, right? It was a pursuit, yeah. yes, yes. Because they knew who he was. They knew he was, they, right. They knew, and they okay, knew he had the radio listen. Yeah. And I didn't know about that because I'm working. I'm in a bed now at night because I'm a day shift guy, right? <laughs> so I get into my office, and the FTO sergeant came and put the credentials on my desk. And I'm like, what are you doing? He was arrested last night. I said, you know, ha, 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 that's real funny, but I'm not in the mood for that. <laughs> right. You know, really, he was arrested last night. And I'm like, well, what are you talking about? Well, he told me the story that we just talked about. So, <laughs> Lieutenant looked at me, he said, see, don't let other people tell you how good somebody is because, you, you know, you're buying their used goods, so to speak. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, but the guy looked good on paper, but you just, you just, you know, you don't know. So that's a lesson learned. Wow. You know, super you, nice guy, really good super at his nice job. Guy. And, and he just panicked. Yeah. You know, just got, you know, imagine being a rookie and you're racing another car and you don't know how to handle it. So he, you know, and I, can, if he, I actually if he, if can't stopped, imagine that. Probably I, no. everything <laughs> would have been. It would have been. Yeah. A, it would have been nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Stop. That was for body worn cameras and patrol at that time. Not all patrol had those in car videos, mm-hmm. just select mm-hmm. few. Mm-hmm. So he probably would have been okay. Yeah. You know, so just you never know. Can you imagine listening to your own pursuit on the radio? Yeah. And like blacking out and then yeah. hearing them say, Where'd he go? And yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so that weird. Crazy it was situation. So I have to admit, and I know you spent time in HR twice, but something on, I have an agency bucket list and something on my agency bucket list is going in for file review with the sheriff mm, because I know, that would be fun. because I know <laughs> that you all do tremendous work. And I know that a lot of applicants have 
something of interest yes. that needs to be brought to the sheriff's attention. Yes. And some of the stories I hear out of there are yes. just... And they're true. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> they're true. Yeah. They're true. Can, can just, you tell us some of them? Well, <laughs> when I first went up there, um, and you know our sheriff, mm-hmm. he's business. Mm-hmm. But he'll laugh about things and, you mm-hmm. know, don't want you to see him laughing. Laugh now, about you, it. you were, you were, you've only been captain in there under, under Sheriff Coulter, yes. right? Yes, okay. but okay. I presented all the files yeah. I mm-hmm. had to present. So what happens is we go up every Thursday mm-hmm. and we have a list of files. So I did all law enforcement. Sergeant Mobley did the, DD, the detention mm-hmm. and I did the non-sworn. Mm-hmm. And then we would share some, depends on how many we had. So you put this, the file in front of the sheriff and it was, the actual file. And this is a, a binder. This really. is a binder. Yeah. And you go through and you give them like a synopsis of everything in the, in the binder. And you have to tell the good, the bad, the ugly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes you tell the service and because you don't want, you know, you don't want the service. You want to tell them. I don't want them to find it. Mm-hmm. I want to tell them about mm-hmm. it. So I learned my lesson. He always goes to the polygraph part first. So there's something in the polygraph. Hey, you need to make sure you tell them. Mm-hmm. So, you would have like you would have different things that you wanted to see. So I, I was up there, and I put a picture of somebody looked like the penguin in front of him, like from Batman. From Batman. <laughs> so, like the uh, hat and everything. It was just a dress. Oh, okay. And the dress and looked like a penguin. It looked like so. I'm like, and so I, I presented that, and it was it was it was different from the file. It was like on a picture by itself, mm-hmm. and he looked at that picture. And I'm like, oh boy, oh boy. And he just started laughing. <laughs> like, whoo, I'm not doing that again. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's just, it just, you just never know what you're going to get. But you go through and you, and you present the whole file to the sheriff. And he'll ask you questions about it. So I try to get it where I knew it on the top of my head where I'm not, mm-hmm. you know, looking down. Get an idea of what he's going to ask get about. Get an idea. And, you had, but right. you, you thought you did, Ricky, but you didn't. <laughs> right. <laughs> because if you prepare for this, then he's going to ask you something here. Right. And you just, you never know. You never know. But it's the one thing I enjoyed about that job. I enjoyed a lot of things about it. But the thing is, I understood that not everybody's perfect. But I also understand that people need a chance. And the one file I can remember, and I told the sheriff, I said, this guy, I'm going to try to fight for him. And we went through the whole process and he ended up hiring a guy. And he asked the questions, he had the answers for it. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes you just got to give people a chance. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that was a good thing about that job because you're giving people a chance. Now, I wasn't always right. Right. You know, because you just never know. Remember, there's no science to it. That's mm-hmm. why is that guy still here? I don't I know. <laughs> I, 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 I try not to look back. Once, <laughs> once I got him hired, I you tried did to, your part. I right. did my part. Right. You know, I did my no part. No one came and slammed his credentials on your desk. That's so. right. So I didn't, far, so good. So far, I didn't, so good. I didn't get that, but it was, it was, you know, it was satisfying because you have to, you know, you, and, 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 and maybe not law for just in general, mm-hmm. you know, you want to give people a chance to prove themselves. Mm-hmm. And I was afforded that opportunity. And that's something that people don't get a chance to do. And I've did it for like two and a half years. That was, that was good because the sheriff was one way and chief service is a different way, mm-hmm. you know, so it was, but you got to keep them both, you know, right. balanced for both. And it was, it just taught me so much how to, how to balance everything. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was, they worked hard, but boy, we had fun doing it. So you were a uh, sergeant in HR. Yes. Where did, did you go anywhere else as sergeant or you got promoted? I got promoted. 
to yeah, I got promoted. I was I was in HR and I got I was in patrol for a little bit. And I got promoted. Um, so you went from, back to patrol. And back as to patrol a as, as no, I'm sorry, I was I was promoted, promoted to sergeant, to then sergeant in HR, and I got promoted to lieutenant in patrol. Okay, ship commander. Ship commander. Well, yeah. yes, but that was back. Then. I don't know if you guys know, but we just had eight hour shifts. Remember those? Mm-hmm. You guys, mm-hmm. you probably remember that. So we had eight hour shifts, mm-hmm. and they were called Alpha, Bravo, and Charlie. Mm-hmm. So the new lieutenant was always the relief lieutenant. So I worked Sunday night, Monday night, midnights. I got off Sunday morning. I'm sorry, I got off I got off Monday night, Sunday night to Monday night, Monday to Tuesday. So I got off Tuesday morning at seven AM. Had to be back Tuesday evening at three. Oof. I worked Tuesday night. I'm sorry, Tuesday evening, Wednesday evening. I got off Wednesday night at ten thirty, had to be back at six on Thursday. That was my shift. Wow. It was a schedule. Yeah. That was the <laughs> best time of my life. What? Really? What? Yes. Because I didn't have any responsibility other than the P's and the V's. <laughs> and you show because up. <laughs> just to say, you had a shift, you had a sh- I, yeah. I, I couldn't break it, just leave it like I found it. So it's just trying to cut your teeth in a sense, just to get mm. you to see what it's like to be a lieutenant. So the, mm. the new person got stuck the with that. The new person got the- stuck with that. Oh. Boy, and I'm just thinking like, this is weird. But wow. all three shifts had different issues. Yeah. And you learn how to deal with the people, but the crimes were different. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was it was it was hard on your body, but boy, it was good. I mean, you're a new lieutenant, and I mean, and shift commanders have a tremendous role, yeah. uh, in the agency, really. Yes, uh, particularly, I mean, always, but now, I mean, we we have the twelve hour shift, so we have you know four four different shifts, uh, and it's really a big job because mm-hmm. the way the sheriff's office is structured for patrol, we have North District, which is everything north of Gulf to Bay, and Central District, which is everything south of Gulf to Bay. And there's one individual, essentially, that's in charge of all sheriff's office units um, in those different areas. And there's a lot going on. So as a lieutenant, I was lucky because I had, I had the relief shift. Plus, I had my own shift on Central District. Mm. I had a shift in North District. And I was the admin lieutenant. <laughs> so the admin lieutenant. That's luck? You that's, said that you were lucky to have? <laughs> well, I, I, I thought at the time. <laughs> but it was the admin lieutenant. I was in charge of all the contract cities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you learn to deal with the different mayors and city managers, mm-hmm. but also had to do like all the projects that came in. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to try something new. So it, it taught me how to, you know, my admin skills, but it also taught you to, you know, just to be well-rounded. Mm-hmm. And you didn't get everything force-fed at one time. It took a while to learn. So it, it, it was good because, like you said, Ricky, uh, at some point, so midnight, you're it. Mm-hmm. You're running it. Mm-hmm. And here I am, a rookie lieutenant. And when I got my own shift, it was central days here. I have people that have more time in lunch than I did as a deputy, <laughs> and they told me that. Yeah. But, you know, those guys in squad one, they were salty dogs. Okay. It got to the point where if they didn't see me for like a week, hey, lieutenant, where you been? We haven't seen you. Mm-hmm. You know, so they taught me a lot about, you know, how to... Now you're starting to, to, now you're starting to do more admin, mm-hmm. you know, less hands-on, more admin. So they taught me a lot about that, but they taught me to be yourself. And they taught me to go down there and just, you know, talk to everybody and see what's going on. And I would try to take calls with them. I would try to, like, no, we just want you here. And it was just, it was crazy to see that I'm sitting at this table and we're trying to divvy up time off. And I'm looking around 
on my sleeves here for my service patches. And I'm like 12 years, and these guys are 20, 25. So I'm like, right. this is crazy, but I'm in charge of these guys. Right. But after a while, there was some trust in there. And, and you know, I knew I arrived when they all bought me a bottle of Grey Goose for Christmas time at my house. Uh-huh. There you go. Off duty. I said, yeah. boy, I, and, and my, my youngest daughter, <laughs> it's like, Dad, I don't know if somebody's walking up to her house, and I just see this big bottle of Grey Goose, and I can't see who's behind <laughs> it. So That's I knew a big I, bottle. Right, it was a big that bottle. A big wow. It was a big bottle. And I knew I arrived when they, when they bought it. Yes, I You know, that's something I think that, that uh, supervisors and leaders, wherever you are, uh, run into where you're in this position and you have you're supervising people or, or you're working with people that have a lot more experience yes, than you do absolutely and as long as you sort of acknowledge that and and listen to what those people yep. have to say it's yep. it's all good so lieutenant you get promoted captain when i get promoted captain uh november i think of 2011 okay and then you go to and work. i went to the court I, i'll never forget this phone call <laughs> sheriff Coterry called me up so I'm going to make you a captain, and I'm putting you in the courts. And I'm thinking to myself, courts? I don't know. Sheriff said, there's a lot more going on than what you think. He said, you'll be surprised at what's going on out there. I said, okay. So I went out there my first week. And coming from a patrol background, mm-hmm. I always thought that bad people were handcuffed. What I didn't know is if they're in a court session and there's a jury, they can't be handcuffed. handcuffed, So I've got two high-profile trials, and I look in the door and I see these individuals not being handcuffed. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, I got a lot of work to do with these guys because they let these people uncover. No, (laughs) Captain, that's not how that works. You've got to learn how this process works. So I will say this about judicial operations. They do so much behind the scenes Mm -hmm. that people don't have any idea what goes on. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking about my ASU program, the attorney sentencing unit. Right. I'm talking about misdemeanor probation. So, so I want to, I'm going to, we're going to grill you about judicial operations because that's what you actually currently do. Okay. So as captain, you then, so you spent some time at JOB and then. A lot of time in JOB. Then you went back to HR. I went, I know I went to patrol. Okay, patrol. Okay. Oh. Yes. And then I went back to jail, but then I went to HR. Okay. So, you, so patrol, you like CDS? Central I was CDS. Okay. I was a captain yeah. patrol. Central. Yeah, Central District okay. Patrol. Yeah. And then and then back to HR. Then I went back. No, then went back to JOB. To JOB. And then I went to HR. Wow. You yes. that's a, I was like, you were a captain in HR when I started yes. down right. yes. um, with school crossing yep. guards. Yep. And yeah. if you, so that was like almost 10 years. I was a, a captain, captain for, I was a captain for probably 10 years, maybe. Yeah. Um, you know, time flies. Mm-hmm. You know, if you ask me, I would say, you know, five years and five turns to ten. It it just it flies so far though. Mm-hmm. But I've done a lot of things as a captain. Um, yeah, it's, it's that's a lot more than than some. It's I, a lot. I think so. Yeah, it's a lot. And you, and you 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 just learn so much about what you don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the main thing about you don't. There's no school to be a captain. There's no school for any position that you're in. You learn by trial and error, by watching other people. Mm-hmm. But boy, it's just, you're making that decision. Mm-hmm. And you have to live with that decision. Yeah. And it's, you know, you're not going to get it right, but you do the best you can. That's, that's tough. Yeah. You know, it's tough. So you get promoted to major. I get promoted to major. You go to judicial operations. Go to judicial operations. And now we can talk about this. So I will say without a shadow of a doubt i am one of those people that until you get out there and see how much is going on and i still don't know how much is going on 
But it's also something that, that Laura and I in particular see with our Citizens Academy folks because you talk about all the things going on at the sheriff's office and I go over the schedule with them. It's only a 10-week program. Right. And there are several weeks that, that could be multiple weeks to talk about something because you mm-hmm. can never possibly cover all of it. So give us a little bit of just a, a high-level overview of judicial ops and what it does. So you got we got five court facilities now, or is it down to four? Well, you have... Um you have St. Pete now. They just have one facility okay. because they closed traffic court. Mm-hmm. They closed That's their what it was. They closed traffic county court, court also. Just when we opened up the annex, they closed the, mm-hmm. their county court. So Four facilities. Four facilities. So four facilities, 50-something judges. Yes, and they're going to close traffic court probably in the summertime. It's okay. going to just relocate. The work is still there. It's just a different location. Okay. So we'll be down to three court facilities. Yes. Uh, and, of course, judicial ops is responsible for all that so security there. Our job is... is a lot of things, but high level, we have to screen people coming in to make sure there's no weapons or anything getting through that doesn't belong there. In addition to that, we have to protect the judges. We have to protect everybody. It doesn't matter what side of the, you know, you're sitting on. Mm-hmm. Defendants, everybody has to get treated equal. That's just one part of it, though. There's so much stuff that we have to do beforehand just to prepare for that trial. Mm-hmm. Now, if you look at it, there's two different parts to it. There's hearings. And there's trials, and they're not the same. We have hearings every day. Mm-hmm. We have trials Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. But Monday and Friday, they're preparing for those trials with the hearings, mm-hmm. if that makes sense to you. Mm-hmm. Plus, you have advisory court. In addition to that, we have these programs, alternative sentencing, where in lieu of incarceration, people in their programs. In addition to that, we have misdemeanor probation. In addition to that, we have all the court processing. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of paperwork. Just, that's a lot around. of paperwork, right? So we have criminal evictions court and things. Evictions. We have criminal court. Then we have civil court and family court. Mm-hmm. Then we have evictions on top of that. So there's a lot of things that people don't see the inner workings. And I'm going to give credit to the staff because they make it look, make it look easy because of what they're doing. But there's a lot of moving parts. So just think about this. The fourth floor is felonies. The third floor is misdemeanors. And we're talking about the county justice. The county center, justice center, right? Forty ninth Street. Forty ninth Street. Mm-hmm. So you can have if there's a jury trial going on, we have to protect everybody in the courtroom, the judge. We have to make sure the jury is not being intimidated by people that are you know watching. Mm-hmm. We have to make sure that the defendant, offender, whatever you want to call them, they're not. You know, we're not violating their rights, but they can't go anywhere. So it's just, it's a lot of moving parts. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that can be in one courtroom. You got other things going on in other courtrooms, too, that mm-hmm. people don't see. In addition to that, we have people that are in custody that need to see the judges for whatever reason. So we're responsible for all of that. Mm-hmm. Then you got people constantly coming through the front mag area, going through the metal detector. So we are everything, mm-hmm. and our people dedicated, hardworking, and make it seem like it's so easy. And when you tell people these numbers, what we're doing, they don't believe it because they just don't get it. Even our deputies don't. When we have people transfer, the the funny thing to me is when people transfer from another bureau, like I have no idea what goes on. Mm -hmm. While I had no idea that there's so much went on here, I had no idea right? because we just know our own job. So how many many folks do you have out there under you? I have about 300, just under 300 authorized total between sworn... And then my non-sworn. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And you guys work closely, obviously, with uh, the Department of Detention and Corrections. So they have we, the court squad. We have the court which squad. Which is technically J-O-B, correct? That's J-O-B. And what the court squad does, just think of it as grocery shopping in a sense. So we get a list of everybody that's doing court the next day. Mm-hmm. So we go in the morning. and We'll take them from the jail to judicial operations. And then we'll strategically place them in the holding cells that are corresponding with their judges. Mm-hmm. You know, so they never have to leave the complex. Everything is inside. So they call it a tunnel, but it's really like an elevated tunnel. So we go get these individuals, we bring them in, and then we put them behind the courts, behind the courtrooms. They come in, go in and out, in and out, in and out. So we try to be efficient as possible. But sometimes we have something called a red dot where there's um, somebody who's doing something to cause a concern or keep separate. So Or like a high profile. A high profile. Right. So we have to keep everything going, and I can't, if we keep separate, I mean, we're all together on the same crime. We can't be in ear side or eye side of one another, but we're all going to see the same judge. And it's like, you know, once you go, I'm coming in, but we have to keep them, keep separate. them separate. So it's, it's, it's a, a lot of work to it. That's what it sounds like. So yes. what, what are some of the, or if there is a, what is the most dangerous part or the, the, the what, what are the regular occurrences out there that are the hardest on y'all? The hardest on us is when there's a verdict coming in. And even at that point, you know that somebody, what's done is done. Mm -hmm. And it's not going to be undone no matter what the verdict is. Mm -hmm. But somebody is going to be a little more satisfied than the other. Mm -hmm. So they're both in the courtroom and there's just a little aisle that separates the two. Mm -hmm. In addition to that, this individual... They're learning what their sentence is. So they're not restrained because remember, what, so what's the difference between six lives and seven lives of a sentence, right? So that's the part that gets, you know, we're always concerned, but that really gets us to the heightened state of awareness. Mm-hmm. And just in general, because you don't know what people are going to mm-hmm. do. You know, if they try to escape, you know, so what? Mm-hmm. That's their mentality. So that's, that's the biggest part for us is we have to be prepared for anything mm-hmm. at any time because you just never know. But really, when the sentencing phase come in, that's when we're heightened. And you see the news. There's everything you can think of in that courthouse. Um, and there's some probably things you don't even think of, you don't know, you don't want to know. So it can be pretty, um, it can be pretty dicey at times, mm-hmm. you know, but... The group we have, the training we have, we put them, the deputies, to a regular field training also for judicial op. It's a 15-week training course. And we're constantly, on our readouts on Friday, we're constantly doing training things. Mm-hmm. And we're constantly telling our people, it's today the day. Mm-hmm. You know, you had to prepare. Now, were you out there, were you in J-O-B in some capacity when that shooting happened at St. Pete? No, I was no, I was the, in the patrol lion, at the, the lions yeah, lions? The BJ, BJ was, lions yeah I was in patrol at the time okay but as a result of that um you know um thank God that it was BJ Lions mm-hmm. yeah because BJ was he had been in training for a long training, time he, yeah firearm training forever that was he, absolutely he worst me. case yeah. scenario for yes. a bad guy right mm-hmm. absolutely right and, and that was plus, plus some luck involved because he yes. did get shot he yes. did get shot did. and it hit yes. his uh his mic and it's funny BJ worked for me in HR before he went out to JLB so we I know him 
from oh. HR days. But so, you mentioned it, you know, with the training, but this this particular incident, um, was 2011, 2010, somewhere? It was, it might have been 10. It was Somewhere in there? Yeah. But uh, an individual uh, walked into the St. Pete Courthouse yep. uh, with a backpack. Yep. And from the, the absolute get-go, uh, there was something off with this guy. And fortunately, the deputies were paying attention. Yep. Because, again, from and this is just from sitting through Citizens Academy and, and we, when we went out there with folks, but there's a reason for literally every security measure yes. that is at the courthouse from yes. the stanchions and making people work back, yep. walk back and forth so you can see them. Yep. But anyway, this guy just was not acting normally. They were on top of it. He was kind of in a hurry. And he comes up to the mag, and he just is going to walk right through. And in the process, he's pulling out his gun, and, and they engage in a gunfight. But when you mentioned the training and, and talking about things, that's something that's so important is, is learning from that. Because I know they've showed that video a million yep. times mm-hmm. and said this is exactly why. I know other agencies across the country have used that video because yep. of how well they performed. And it's really one of those... I mean, fortunately, one of those situations where all the training and everything comes together yep. uh, and you get the right outcome. Yeah. And I can say this about this agency too. Um, our training is second to none. And it doesn't matter what component you're in, it's second to none and it's, and it's just automatic. And you're right because of an unfortunate situation like that. We're always looking at our uh, techniques we're looking to see if we can get better. Where are we at? It's always self-criticizing or self-constructing. Where, where are we at and how can we improve what we're doing? Mm-hmm. And, and we take it serious. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, somebody from the outside looking in, we have three deputies in the vicinity outside of mm-hmm. the magnetometer and then people inside. Is it overkill? Well, it's not overkill. And I'm not going to tell all the details sure. why we're doing it, but it's for a reason. Mm-hmm. And it's strategic the way we're mm-hmm. doing it. So, you know, yeah, they're not just standing around. They're not just standing around. Mm-hmm. Right. Correct. And you, and you you hope you never have to use Absolutely. it. Absolutely. You hope you never, but if you have to use it, hope you're prepared. Right. And it's, you know, I, I'll do things. I'll go watch and I'll criticize while we're doing a certain thing. And deputies will no, this is why I'm doing this. I looked at you and I didn't think you were paying attention to people coming in. Oh, we're paying attention. Okay, what color shirt the guy have? He had a purple shirt. They, they, they're they paying attention. Right. You know, so we, we make sure that... Um, this is serious mm-hmm. because everything, if you look at all the things that are happening now, people want to place blame. Right. And they're going to get everything they can as far as video cameras, whatever it is, and just see where we made the mistake. Mm-hmm. And don't want that to happen at all. Right. Mm-mm. Because most people coming into court are not necessarily having a good day. They're not, Ricky. So, And and then there's, you know, it's, it's two. You have people that are in custody and then you have people that are remanded in the custody. Mm-hmm. So you're right. They're not having a bet. They're not in court because they did something good. And even if the they're going part. to the clerk's office, they're probably annoyed. Correct. <laughs> because yeah, they have to do it. They so. are. You're 100% right about that. So outside the court security piece, which I know is a huge part of it, but you did, you did mention uh, alternative sentencing and misdemeanor probation and, and that. So, um, and this is kind of where there is... a a little bit of overlap with the Department of Detention Corrections in that these are alternatives to incarceration yes. where it's pretty expensive to keep somebody in jail. There's a lot of people that don't need to be in jail. That's correct. So programming through ASU uh, and misdemeanor probation obviously are, are alternatives to that. Yes. Um, what is, and I, and I know it's very complex, but how, how, do the, how are those structured? How do they work? Well, see, I think you said earlier, Laura, the problem is we don't want people to continue that vicious cycle. And what we don't want for people to do is you're in jail and you have to pay all these fines and you're doing 
these certain crimes because these fines you're paying. Mm-hmm. You're not a productive citizen. Mm-hmm. So the goal is, like I said, to keep the cost of the jail down, but also just make sure these individuals are productive citizens. Mm-hmm. You know, people do things. Sometimes you get caught. Sometimes, I'm not going to say a mistake. They mm-hmm. do things. Sometimes you get caught. Sometimes you don't. It shouldn't be a life sentence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, now, sometimes, but not all the time. Right. So we want to give people a chance to, you know, continue to do the right thing, take care of your family, go to work, whatever. Just do something. We don't just break that cycle. Right. So we give you a chance, you know, to get on certain programs. Now, some programs you have to wear like an alcohol monitor. Mm-hmm. Some programs you have to wear like a GPS. Yeah, I was going to say it runs the gamut depending yeah, on what it, it is. Depending on what it is. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and some, some programs just phone in once a week. Mm-hmm. So it just depends on your level of, you know, crimes, what, what, what program is putting you on. Mm-hmm. But we're trying to do it so um, just productive citizens. Yeah, I mean, as the sheriff says, sometimes, really, if you're, if you're truly, and, and as you said, people do, you know, they get off, off yep. track sometimes. They, they're down on their luck. Some things happen. And, and really, he'll, he'll tell groups, like, you really kind of have to beg your way into jail. You do. Uh, if, if you're truly somebody that's, you know, just you do off track for a little that's bit. That's correct because of all the alternatives. That's and, correct, and that's that's something that's important, and that's really something that we've been doing for quite some time. We have we've uh, been we've been doing a lot of things. I mean, you're talking about video recording in cars and stuff. I mean, yes, we've had videos recording in all of our cruisers since like 2011, I think, is yep. when we went. So we've been ahead of the game on you stuff. You have and, been and diversion and alternatives are, are definitely definitely part. Well, of just that. so Rick, just think about this: we have more people in our programs than actually in jail. Right. Yeah. yeah. In addition, we have people from all over. The United States to come mm-hmm. and look at our programs, mm-hmm. especially our ASU or Turner Sentencing program, mm-hmm. um, because and everything. Yes, because we just we do it right, mm-hmm. and we do it. It is right, and I will tell you this for a fact that our programs are way better than anybody else's. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'm a little biased about that, but it's true. And right. you got outside agencies coming in. Hey, we heard your programs are good. Can you tell us about it? And we, we're more than happy to share with mm-hmm. what we're doing because we're proud of what we're doing. Right. And we want people to, to you know, it's expensive to put people in jail. Yeah, absolutely. You know, again, you're not as productive citizen sitting in the jail cells. You can't be out doing your job. So yeah. we want to make it, you know, try to make it better. Keep keep you out. We keep you keep out. You That's out. right. That's right. Because, you know, you don't want a family member to suffer because of my stupidity. Right. You know, so you just try to, you know, we try to make it right for everybody. So right. we, we're yeah. proud of those programs and the people that work in those programs, um, they they take pride in what they do. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's, it's a lot of work, you know, it's a lot of tedious work, but they take pride in that. We're not perfect, mm-hmm. but boy, they do a good job. Yeah, I was, um, we were, I was looking at some stats from 2022 for a presentation I was putting together and uh, they, they run the numbers, particularly with uh, alternative sentencing about mm-hmm. How much money could have been yeah. spent on incarceration? The Paga mm-hmm. report, yes. and, and yes. that's it's like a, a almost number. a twenty million dollar yeah. numbers, oh, uh, with people that could have yes. been if, if they weren't. I didn't realize yep. it was that much. Yeah, it's a yeah. Big it number. is. It is. It's a big number. It is. It is. And that's that's just really cool because you know, with law enforcement, especially when things are going on that that puts the puts us back in the limelight for things, it's always nice. And, and obviously, the murder of George Floyd being the most recent example, where you have folks demanding things of law enforcement asked right. them to do. It was really nice to be able to say, well, we've we really been doing a lot of this stuff for right. a long time. This, is, this right. has been going on. Uh, and the diversion and all those things, alternatives, is, is definitely part of that. So you've had a great career here. 
But I want to talk about a couple of things I know you do outside of work. We like to, you know, because okay. you do have a life outside of the I sheriff's do. office. I do. Um, I know you <laughs> coach football. For, do, do you still coach football? I am. A, I'm in East Lake High School now. Okay. Um, that was, this has been my second season starting up. I've been coaching for about 20 years, but mm -hmm. this is my second season at East Lake. Um, I tried to take a break. Mm -hmm. I wanted to take a break. Because you were at Seminole for a long time, I was right? at Seminole. Yeah. I was at Northeast. Mm -hmm. I was at CCC. So I've been all over the place. Mm -hmm. And I was, I was going to take a break. And one of our retired members called me. He's at East Lake now. Mm -hmm. Two retired members called me up. And I went up there and I met with the coach. He's the greatest guy in the world. Mm -hmm. You know, and the problem is during the week, I'm working a lot. Mm -hmm. And it comes to my, you know, it comes to my position. Sure. So... I don't want people to depend on me and I can't make it because it's not fair sure. to the yeah. kids. Absolutely. So of course, no, we have plenty of coaches. We want you to come out. So he said, just come to one of my games. And if you like it, you can coax. Mm -hmm. I went to the game like, man, how can I say no to how this? Can I, say no, right? <laughs> I mean, these, and I, I love trying to teach young men mm -hmm. because I think I can talk to talk or walk to walk, mm -hmm. you know? So I like giving back, as whatever possible. And also in a group called Men in the Making. Mm -hmm. He's and really good at this because that's that, where I was going. That is, yeah. you know, <laughs> that is, that is where, same thing. We, I have two girls. I have no young men at all. And I'm doing this because it's the right thing to do. Well, you have an interest in young men if you have two that's, girls. That's, yes. that's, 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 that's true. But it's, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, I think because I had so many good people in my life helping me out mm -hmm. that, you know, you have to give back. And people, especially young kids, they see me as what I call a finished product. Mm -hmm. I didn't start like this. I started just like they did. Mm -hmm. And they don't see that. Yeah. You know, so it's not where you start, it's where you finish. And I wasn't always the guy that wanted to be in law enforcement. I wasn't always the guy that you see now. I was you. Right. But I was lucky because I had people that cared about me. Right. Mm -hmm. I was lucky because I had people that invested in me. I was lucky because I had sports. So I wanted to give back to let these kids understand you can do the same thing. Mm -hmm. You know, it, hard work is free. Right. Education system is free. You know, you got to put some effort into it. And that's what we try to stress with these kids. So, you know, it's, it's, to me, it's all about these young individuals. And, and what's, what's really special about it to me is the family support, you know, um, first of all, going into an environment like that as a law enforcement, you know, as people are standoffish at first, because they think, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. they're standoffish. Right. You're talking about like men in the making, the man specifically, the making. right? Right. But Which is a mentorship That's mentorship, program. right. But once they see you're a regular person, then that goes out the window. And we just had our graduation last week, mm -hmm. on Saturday. And to see these young men, how they progress from young men to you know, young adults, hmm. see them going to college, but that's just, that's what it's all about to me. It's right. worth it. And you see these kids, they, they can't wait to share with you some of the things that went on. That's, that's what it's about. Yeah, I think, and I've always, I've always had a tremendous amount of respect for you uh, because you do that and the, and the other things you do because there are, of course, success stories of, of folks that maybe had a, had a pretty rough upbringing and they turn it around and, and, yep. and that's great. And that's, yep. that's all well and good. Yep. Uh, but then there are people that, you know, did all right. They had that person that reached out. That's right. Reached out. They they were successful, like you. But you you of course see the other side of it, uh, yep. and you've seen it for 
30 years yep. now. Uh, but yeah. you still go back and say, hey, you know, this stuff is important. There's still a void here. And what little time you do have, um, you do that. So that's. And, and I have to say this, too. I've got some people that work with me. They're part of this, too. And, and the, the sheriff's office, we're very well represented for men in making. Mm-hmm. And yes. they're 100 percent in. They buy into it. And boy, they they believe in that, too. Mm-hmm. And they're all they're all 100 percent in because it's something that you need to do so that that. That, to me, that's just important. As right. mentor, we have people that are in this, they want to do it. Right. And they, you just see the smiles on their faces mm-hmm. being part of this. It's, Ricky, to me, that's important. Yeah. It is. We, and, of course, the sheriff's office does support things like that. Yes. And um, some other organizations. Actually, we were at a luncheon a couple months back, and uh, it was for the Pace Center for Girls, uh, which does tremendous things for, for young girls. And one of the speakers said, you know, our kids can be our assets or our liabilities. And I really like that because that's, that's right. That's where we're at, you know. That's so right. it's, it's good that there are people like you that are doing their best to make sure that they're an asset and not a liability. Yeah. And it, it doesn't. It's not as complicated as as you think. You know, sometimes just paying attention is their kids is going to make the difference. You have to understand their somebody's kids. paying attention. That's to them. right. Yeah. And, and they want attention. It's, they they want attention. Show some right. interest. Right. And, and they're going to get negative or positive. Give them positive because right. mm-hmm. they're going to get their attention. You know. So it's just one way or another. One way or another. Right. Their kids. And and it's to me. That is everything to me. Mm-hmm. And if you save just one kid, then uh, guess it was worth it. 100%. 100%, worth it. 100% yeah. worth it. 100% yeah. worth it. That's, um, it's amazing to me just how much different someone can be based on whether or not they had support. That's right. Like I was mm-hmm. blessed to have amazing parents and family that supported me and, and pushed me. But a, a kid that doesn't have that, their whole entire future can be different. That's I ta- right. I taught for... Um, seven, eight years. And I, and you can see who has that support. Even at a young age, I taught really young, um, like three to five year olds, but there was a massive difference. And so each day I would be like, all right, six hours, I'm going to love the hell out of these kids. That's right. Uh, they, Cause not every single one of them has this. So mm-hmm. at least for six hours a day, right? like it was incre- exhausting, exhausting. Oh, it is. <laughs> it um, is. but it was like, this, this is my part. This is what I'm trying to do to make the world just a little and bit better. And that's where sports come in too. You're right yeah. because it's it's a combination of both with sports is the teamwork mentality. Right. The discipline. Be a part of something. Be a yeah. part of something. Yeah. But you also have to be reliable. Mm-hmm. You have to count on you be to on be time and, on time and yeah. to do what you need to do. So that's with the team. With the team. That's and exactly a lot of right. a lot of kids too, they got to keep their grades and things up if they want to do, do sports. Yes. So that's a whole other. And that's one thing Amanda making too. We're part of the school system. So mm-hmm. we actually have those kids give us progress reports and report cards and we can check to see what the grades are. Mm-hmm. So it, that is important. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm a firm believer that education is the key. Now, not everybody's meant to go to college. I, I don't, no. I'm not saying that, but education, learning right from wrong, mm-hmm. uh, even pushing like some vocational schools, just something mm-hmm. out there that you can do something that's legitimate, yeah. that's mm-hmm. legal. So you can hold your head high and sleep good at night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, and not everybody's going to be pro athletes. Mm-hmm. We tell them that. You're, we're not. We're not gonna. Yeah, you're right. You believe that? I can't let my son out. listen to this podcast. Yes. Then, yeah, he's. Yes, <laughs> you believe that? I mean, not, like, not everybody's going to make it. Yeah. As an athlete, but you can still make it. Right. You no, know, so yeah. it's and, and and we're candid with these. We don't, you know, we don't sugarcoat it. We're candid with them. This is how it is. You can talk to me, my professional setting or personal setting, mm-hmm. the hard way, the easy way. Right. And you make that decision. Yeah. I have no problem with it. But, you know, I'll let you dictate where we're going to go with this. Right. So. That's, that's great stuff. Um, yeah. 
so you don't have a lot of spare time, it sounds like. But beyond that, is there anything you like to do? Is, is there any, What do you do for fun? So let Besides me tell you what I do for fun. football. <laughs> I, I am a Buccaneer season ticket holder there you also. Go. All right. Oh, so okay. One of my goals is to see every single NFL stadium in the United States. Okay. I oh. went to Germany last year for that game. Oh, really? Okay. I did. Oh, wow. I've been to London. A couple, so I, if it's football related, you're in. I'm in. 100% in. So how many stadiums nice. have you done? That's a good question, Ricky. And I don't know the answer yet because I'm probably halfway there. All right. Oh. But it's, that's, that's something that I do every year. Nice. We'll, I'm going to Green Bay this year. Okay. Oh, okay. So, and for, that's for a, a December game. game. Yeah, for okay. a game. So, we, we so look you're not at, visiting. You're going for games. I'm going for mm-hmm. games. Absolutely. Okay. For a game. So we look at the schedule when it comes out. Bring a jacket. Our <laughs> several jackets, several long underwear. And something warm to yes. drink. Well, <laughs> you I'm left sure that weather behind. I'm sure take their, that's, I can visit it, but not live there. Okay. Right, right. So we look at, there's a group of us, probably 10 of us, and we look at the schedule and we decide on one or two games where we're going to go to. So That the Bucks my, are going to be at? Yes. Okay. And my head's correspond my high school schedule because I can't go sure. during mm-hmm. my high school season. Mm-hmm. So... Green Bay, and that's in December. Oof. So we're going to hit Ooh, Green Bay. Boy. Now, we'll see. Mm. Now I'll be watching you on TV. I, I, I would, you I would, I would <laughs> tell you this, though. I'm, I'm cheating a little bit, but I'll always buy, like, the sweets where I can go outside and get warmer mm. if it gets uh, too bad. There you so, go. You know, so luckily, <laughs> wherever we go, so we bring the good weather with us. So good. Um, that's, that's one I think we're like going to test do. that theory this yeah, year. Yeah, we are. We 100% <laughs> are. We are. Oh, man. Well, it has been, uh, it's been great chatting with you, uh, Major. really appreciate yeah. you coming in. A different kind of conversation because yeah. you, you've been... I'm not trying to age you, but you've been here a minute. I've been here uh, several minutes. You've done done a whole lot of things in your career and still, um, you know, managed to do great things uh, outside of here as well. Uh, Mm -hmm. And judicial operations, you know, the the few hundred people out there are lucky, I think, to have you out there because you've got a lot of great perspective. And I think your head and your heart are in the right place. So we're fortunate to have you. And um, we appreciate you taking the time to chat with us. Yeah. Um, we do always like to give everyone opportunity. Is there anything that you want the public to know, anything you want to remind the public about that would help make your job easier or uh, anyone else's? Two things. The first thing is please lock your doors <laughs> when you're not in your cars. Yeah. I tell my wife the same uh-huh. thing, lock your doors. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next thing is, in all seriousness, is um, this job is not what, we're made out to be on some social media. Hmm. Uh, it is important, and we're not perfect. We make mistakes, but the mistakes we're making, they're not because we're trying to intentionally hurt anybody. Mm-hmm. It's just you get caught up in the moment or whatever the thing is, but I'm very fortunate to be in this career for as long as I have. I've worked in one place, Pinellas County, and I'm never going to work for another law enforcement agency again in my life. Mm-hmm. This is it. So... You know, give us a chance and just see that we're not like people. If you're going to judge me, judge me based on your own experience, not somebody else's experience. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, there's a lot of hardworking people in this agency. And it's not just certified, but everywhere. And give us the benefit so we can just prove how hardworking we are. And we're a bunch of good people doing a difficult job. So just make your own own decisions, not what other people are telling you. Well, 
certainly, I, I think we've moved the needle for folks if they're listening to you because uh, mm -hmm. a great example of that. So thank you again, Major, um, for coming in. Of course, as always, we would love to hear from you. And if you have any feedback or have a question or, or, or something you'd like to see on a future podcast, you can reach us. Let's 56 at PCSONet.com. That's L-E-T-S 56 at PCSONet.com. It's almost like you've done it before. Great job. Thanks, everybody. Talk to you next time. Thanks.